1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown.
2: Welcome into December, everybody. December 5th, 2023, here on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am Eric Balkman from the FFPC, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. You follow me on the X at Eric Balkman. Remember to follow Rotoviz on the X at Rotoviz. Uh, welcome in, everybody. So glad that you're hanging out on a Tuesday night with us here as we get into the stretch run of the fantasy football season. Before we get into the show tonight, <clears throat> I do want to remind everybody that. Maybe your season-long dreams are dashed this year. Maybe you're not moving on into the championship round of the main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship. Don't forget, we do have weekly action over at the FFPC at myffpc.com. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses by 1 p.m. on Sunday, and you can watch those points pile up for your team all throughout the weekend. Remember, only one player per NFL team, no stacking. You cannot have Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers on the same team. You can't have C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins on the same team. Nothing like that. Uh, $35 to enter, $200 to enter. Whatever you want to do, we get a price point for you. Win up to $2,500 this weekend alone. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified every time we go live here on this FFPC YouTube channel, as well as Twitter and Facebook, which we're live on tonight. So hi, how are you? If you're watching us from there as well, let's welcome in tonight's guest on the road of his HSLD. He has won well over a $100,000 in his FFPC high stakes uh, fantasy football career. He joins me tonight to talk about his chase for a $1 million grand prize in the fantasy pros championship, a competition of which he is sitting in 25th overall right now. That's with uh, well over 14,000 teams in that contest. Um, and uh, he's also pursuing another million-dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event this year as well. Welcome in. Welcome back to the show, I should say. A guy who's done it before, Mr. Michael Cobb. How's it going, man?
3: It's uh, great, man. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. How you been doing?
2: I, I can't complain. Doing well. This is a. It's been a good season so far. You don't want to jinx it. Obviously, these are the most important weeks of the year coming up league playoffs championship round so on and so forth but it's shaping up well how how has this season been for you my good friend in comparison to some of your other great years well that's a good question it, it's it would I would have told you if you'd asked me like about week seven
3: I'd have said it's the worst season I've ever had <laughs> you know I mean really it, 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 was, it was terrible uh I, I probably uh not not to brag on it but had the best point comebacks I've ever had in leagues I'm It's kind of geeky, but every week I go through at the end of, uh, you know, Tuesday, I go through and I'll write down where I am relative to seed one, two, three, four. I had several teams that heading into like week eight were about 150 points from just seed four that just stormed back, uh, got in, so ended up having a decent regular season. Uh, the playoffs this week were a little rough, though. They were a little rough, so we'll we'll try to regroup and go on. But it's been it's been okay, a little, a little up and down. So I got some contenders, though.
2: When you talked about um, the the teams that really stormed back, the teams that really you know um, made that 150 plus point deficit uh, in several of your leagues, tightened that up. Were there any like players that were um, you know uh, that you had on multiple teams? Like, was there anybody that really turned it on for you specifically?
3: Uh, a few, sure. Um, you know, sometimes it was just like an internal improvement. Like say Dak, for instance, mm-hmm. he was my top quarterback. You know, he's not after five or six weeks. I'm thinking, well, this was a mistake relying on this guy. You know, and then he uh, he turns it around. Uh, I, I'm real big on the injury suspension discounts for mm-hmm. players that you can get. You know, the multiple round discount on. So a lot of Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, I know he's down now, a lot of Alvin Kamara. So guys that just weren't there the first few weeks. And I tend to be focused really in, in, in my drafting and everything on how I think a guy's going to do later than earlier. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a little bit of a natural progression, working the wire really hard, that kind of thing. So just, you know, that kind of stuff It just started to come together.
2: We are going to come together to talk about a few things tonight uh, on the show. We're going to talk about whether FFPC players have found something in Tucker Craft in Green Bay with uh, uh, Luke Musgrave on injured reserve. And we're going to talk about the Texans receiver you want in your lineup that is going to replace all those targets that Tank Dell was seeing from C.J. Stroud in Houston and much more. Uh, Let's kick things off tonight, Michael, and we'll talk about an interesting situation um, in, uh, in Tennessee. The This is something I didn't even realize till probably, I don't know, like three hours or so ago. We have two Monday night games this week. I knew the Packers and Giants were playing. I did not also realize that the Titans and Dolphins were playing at the same time. Titans and Dolphins on ESPN. Packers and Giants going to be on uh, ABC tonight. Uh, it's uh, a Monday night, beg your pardon, as well. Now, what's interesting about this is Derrick Henry was in concussion protocol, then he wasn't in concussion protocol, then he never was in concussion protocol, so we don't know exactly what's going on with him, which makes this problematic for Derrick Henry owners. It also kind of makes it problematic for, for Ty, uh, uh, Tyje Spears owners as well, who would love to play him, but I don't know necessarily if they want to get him in their lineups if Henry's playing. I don't know if you have any situations where you have both of these guys on your team. Certainly, you probably have some some teams with one or the other of these guys what are you expecting from Tennessee this week, and how are you treating it in your leagues?
3: Yeah, and also, I didn't know until like a few days ago we had another dual Monday nighter, mm-hmm. so I was like, whoa, I didn't, had no idea. Well, I don't know why they start that at the same time, by the way. Why did they do that? Uh, never understood that. So I didn't draft Derrick Henry at all this year, mm-hmm. um, at all. Part of the reason was I I, I just thought Spirits was going to cut into him. Now, lately, the king has been coming on, and he, he's been fine. Anyone who drafted him has been, been a solid pick for where you got him. Tajay Spears is my most drafted running back, so I know how people in fantasy like to say I don't root for injury. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've kind of wanted the king to go down all year. So, uh, so, so when I saw him going down last week, I got a little bit excited. I actually had Spears in a in a in a FFPC playoff because I had a it was a Jacobs Taylor team, so I had to throw him in there. He did fine. I was excited. I thought, woo, what I've been waiting on all year—it's about to come to fruition." So. I was pretty disappointed, not gonna lie, when I heard that he wasn't in the concussion protocol. Um, and and I from everything I can gather, I mean, I like I, I think back like let me let me backtrack a little bit. Remember, if remember the week before Demario Douglas had his head taken off in a the mm-hmm. game, they said he was not in the concussion protocol. They put him back in it later, and it's so bad that he looks like he has no shot to play this week. So he's out two weeks. This seems to be like the reverse Demario Douglas situation. Where uh, we thought Henry was going to be uh, in concussion protocol, I I I I don't think anything is going to come up about it. He's a different kind of guy. I, I don't think he's going to miss. I and and I would assume that by Saturday or Sunday we'd all know this for sure. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of like oh you know it's a Monday so I don't know if the guy's going to go or not. My guess is Henry's going to go to my uh you know which I I don't I'm not rooting for but that's what I think
2: is going to happen. And if Henry does go, I mean, you know, because I we were kind of talking about this at the start of the year. Well, not you and I personally, but like the, the narrative out there was that Spears is already ready to ready to, t- to supplant Henry. And we saw it like he was out snapping him. He was out carrying him in a couple of games, too. Is there any flex value with, with Spears on on Monday night? Or is it is it just going to be King Henry's show and you just you don't want to waste the uh, starting spot on TyJ Spears?
3: I, I wouldn't want to waste the starters, but I think off the top of my head, um, I, I think Spares has hit double digits like maybe twice this year. Uh, this week was one, and in, and in, in the Colts. And you know, and part of my my uh, my my drafting of Spares was I really thought Henry might get traded, to be honest. So right. uh, it didn't happen. Um, I, I like the guy. I, I think his talent's really strong. But, uh, and, and you know, now, look, if Henry ended up being in the concussion protocol and got cleared, that's a situation where I think Spears would have a bigger role because of game planning all week. So if we hear tomorrow that, hey, Henry's in the concussion protocol, but he, he ends up being fine, then Spears maybe. Otherwise, no, I, I just uh, I, I think it's going to be Henry. You know, even in that matchup where the Dolphins are going to get ahead on him, you know, probably, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I
2: wouldn't want to play Spears. 13 and a half point favorites currently are the Dolphins over the Tennessee Titans on Monday night. That game is in South Beach. Uh, we'll be talking about that probably on the show next week, I would imagine. Um, Tucker Craft, uh, a player that – I was at the game on Sunday in, at Lambeau Field, and I thought this is going to be a huge Tucker Craft game. He got those three catches early mm-hmm. on. Jordan Love was humming, and then for whatever reason, they didn't look back to him uh, for the – I think that's play. how it
3: went last week too, right? He comes Best out, thing. he gets two catches, a TD,
2: and then boom, nothing. Nothing the rest of the time, which which is annoying because this is two weeks in a row that people who picked up Tucker Kraft and had him on their roster are looking at a situation where at the start of the game, they're kind of like, okay, there's something here. I'm going to be able to play him in my tight end premium league uh, the next week. And now this is two consecutive weeks where you're kind of like, I felt like that in the first quarter. Don't necessarily feel like that uh, anymore. This guy is definitely yeah. you have to have him on your roster. Does he represent any kind of flex worthiness for you again, Monday night football against the giants in a total that only features 37 and a half Packers are six and a half point favorites at the, at the moment. He's alive.
3: He's alive as a flex consideration. You know, um, he's, he he plays literally almost every time. I wouldn't be surprised if he led all tight ends in the entire league in actual snaps plate. I know the Goria, that his name, how you pronounce it. DeGuar- he's, yeah. That, 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 that impacts it a little bit. Um, uh, but I remember watching the game and you know, he looked like he was in pass blocking a lot. I, I did check out the uh, targets, and he was right there with everybody, Watson, dudes, er- everyone. So he's running routes. He actually was in a three-way tie with five targets with uh, um, with for second most targets in the game every, with everyone trailing Watson, who let's assume he's going to miss. Right. So these things do make him alive. The matchup isn't really great. You know, you, you can see a situation where they're not going to have to throw a lot giants blitz heavy they bring him into you know pass block but if you literally think most of the targets that he's had is when he chips and then he goes out for a short catch which isn't necessarily the highest value targets but when a tight end gets one and a half points you can feed him up with two three yard targets and i'm happy as could be so i would say he's not a great option but he's alive he's worthwhile uh, you, you could see some
2: um so let's keep it on the tight ends here michael the uh Guy I want to talk about is a former Wisconsin Badger turned Dallas Cowboy, Jake Ferguson, a player that I I don't really want to say he was drafted. I'd have to look back on this. I don't think he was a top 12 tight end in the FFPC. I think he was close to that, but I I don't think he was drafted as a consensus top 12. This is a guy that already this season he's had games of 5 for 48, 7 for 77, 7 for 91, and then he's coming off a game against the Seahawks this past Thursday night Eight targets, six of them he caught, 77 yards, and he gets in the end zone. He's been in the end zone five times this year. When you look at this Philadelphia game, Dallas and Philadelphia this week, um, a total of 52-and-a-half, is Jake Ferguson a must-start FFPC tight end this week?
3: I. It, it's tough to say must-start because I actually have lineups where I'm debating not starting him, but he's a top-10 tight end. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would, instead of calling him a must start, I would call him a strong start. Uh, He's had a few down games. I actually was on him uh, pretty heavily. Um, uh, Actually went to Dallas uh, Cowboys training camp a few days. And I was like, man, this guy's involvement is heavy. Uh, Mm -hmm. He kind of got me on him at that point. And uh, so he's on a decent amount of my teams. He looks great. Like sometimes like we were just talking about Tucker craft. He does a little chip block goes out for a two yard catch Ferguson looks legit. Like, I'm talking, you know, you see the athleticism. Um, he looks fantastic. Uh, the matchup is good. He's a very strong start. Uh, you know, I'd probably put him somewhere in the tight end seven to eight-ish kind of range. So, he's he's definitely a strong option
4: we are fast approaching the holiday season we're always looking for the perfect gifts for those near and dear to us our families and friends and what could be better than a ticket to a live event we're heading towards the crucial weeks of the nfl season and there's so much sports going on but there's also concerts comedy theater so many other things that you can go and get a ticket to this time of year can be stressful looking for tickets getting the best price the best seats trying to figure everything out to have the best experience but it doesn't have to be like that because buying tickets tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is a fast and easy way to get tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you will have they have exclusive flash deals they have the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price if you find a ticket in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference buying tickets in a matter of seconds two taps on their app and your set. So whether it's for a gift or whether it's just to treat yourself this holiday season, snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code ROTOVIZ for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code ROTOVIZ for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search,
2: Yeah. And that, I mean, that whole Dallas offense right now, it's just like wheels up for everyone. Hey, cooks is running hot right now. Prescott. I don't think he's ever been this white hot his whole career. Same thing with CD lamb too. That guy's on a mission. Right. Uh, right. Ferguson, you know, really the only guy and Pollard, I think you, you still, especially from where you drafted him, you have to start him and, and he's, he's putting up these solid, numbers. Solid. Well.
3: So yeah, solid. Yeah. The only one who died was Gallup.
2: Gallup was the only one. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yes. Um, Tank Dell um, is another wide receiver in the state of Texas. We are just talking about a bunch of them. What about him? Going on IR now, seems like Noah Brown is coming back, and, and I know he played this past week. Um, C.J. Stroud has that Texans offense humming right now. Who's the beneficiary of Tank Dell? Is it just as simple to say they're going to plug Noah Brown in and Brown's going to see all these targets, or is it more nuanced than, than that? Are we going to see – uh, more tar- targets for Collins and, and Schultz and some of the tight ends there, or maybe Singletary out of the backfield. From a fantasy perspective, Michael, how are these targets and receptions for Tank Dell going to be replaced?
3: Well, it. it I, I think the biggest guy who's going to have a shift in value will be Noah Brown, it, you know, assuming that he can be healthy. That's like the biggest jump in value. It helps probably everybody. Like it's, you know, we saw, I, I felt like we saw it in this game, like it was more for Nico. Uh, so you felt like it helped him. Uh, I think it, it it would help the tight ends. Um, I, I i i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it's gonna help Robert Woods because I think Noah Brown has kind of moved ahead of him. But uh, Woods seems like the one that is gonna it, is is taking the gonna take the biggest jump in value.
2: What about um, I know you can't do this anymore, but for Dynasty, what's your thoughts on Tank Dell uh,
3: you know, that's interesting. I don't have him in dynasty. I did have him on, uh, a, a, a lot of the redraft teams. Um, I missed him, you know, I missed him in dynasty. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind saying that, uh, you know, the outlier, the size, I, I remember, you know, checking stuff like his red zone performance was like the, it blew everybody away, which is really unusual for a small guy. I know remember stuff like that was in my head, but I, I still missed him. I'm, I'm, I wasn't going to chase the outlier. Um, uh, I think he's legit, though. I mean, he's obviously a legit talent. You, you want to maybe say, okay, he's a little bitty guy, and now here we are getting hurt. But I think that uh, anybody would have gotten hurt on the play. He, yeah, got he had yeah. 600 pounds of man, you know, breaking down on his ankle. So I'm not even going to chalk that up to, to, to the size. You know, um, he, um, you know, and, and you said, like, you can't do anything about it anymore because the trade deadline, he would have been, like, the kind of guy, like, if I had a team that wasn't contending – and he got hurt and it was a contender, I'd be trying to send him something for the guy, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because I I think he's legit. Now, this draft class is loaded with receivers, and uh, uh, I won't get too dynasty on you, but if you remember last year, it was a ton of small receivers. It was like a class of incredibly small receivers. This year is the opposite. These are big, legit guys. So it's hard for me to maybe take Tank Dell over them, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, if we were trying to put his value in a draft pick, this guy has to be a first round pick.
2: Hmm, and anybody
3: who picked him, kudos to you.
2: Yeah. Kudos to you. I, I was just, I, the guy, one of the guys I went to the Packers game with on Sunday, I played in a dynasty league with him and he traded away most of his picks, but in his rookie draft, he kept two picks. His third round pick was Tank Dell and his fourth round pick was Puka Nakua. So he had a fantastic rookie draft despite not having a first or second round pick. Yeah. He tremendous did. stuff. He did. Um, Let's talk about another injury. Christian Kirk, it seems like uh, he's probably going to need surgery um, and he's going to miss some time. Parker Washington, and we'll get into Trevor Lawrence in a little bit, Mm -hmm. but Parker Washington, is this a guy that you need to pick up uh, with with Kirk going out after what you saw from him in overtime against the Bengals last night?
3: Yeah, I'd say he's the number one free agent pickup of the week. Uh, uh, Quick story, my very first FFPC draft of the year, I want to say this was January I, I actually is the, the early best ball tournament. Sure. Yeah, I actually picked Parker Washington with my last what? pick.
4: Uh yeah. So uh so when he started
3: got he got in the game last night, I thought, let me go check on this team. So um I, unfortunately there was like a few other people who picked him, so I wasn't alone on that. Mm-hmm. Follow some guy who said basically um he, he was a poor man's uh uh Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh and I can see that. I actually can see that um I I think he can he can take that Kirk role um it's not the most you know you know the way they run that offense the I'm going to call it the easy stuff relatively speaking is designed for Ingram and it's designed for Kirk and they make Ridley be the clear out guy I think he can come in and he can do that um regardless of who the quarterback is I know we may talk about that later but one thing about him and Beathard is you know as you know, the backup quarterback, will usually do a lot of reps with the backup receiver, so they've had a lot of time together. I, I, I think he's a he's a, he's definitely a must pickup, and you know, not say he's a must start, but I, I I would think this guy would be a strong wide receiver three at least. And like I, I for instance, lost Tank Bell on a
2: lot of teams. I'm 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 gonna go and get him. I I I'll be honest with you, I never heard of this guy before last night. <laughs> So kudos to you drafting him. In yeah, there. yeah. Well, one
3: thing I forgot to add on the guy after the guy told me about that he was a poor man's Jackson Smith and Jig. But I started looking him up. Look, he 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 was hurt a lot. He couldn't participate in any of the offseason like pre-draft stuff. So that hurt his stock a little bit. He draft, but he destroyed Ohio State. Like every time he played, just destroyed him. And that was pretty impressive to me. If you're going, you know, because that's NFL quality caliber cornerbacks, and he destroyed him in college every time he played.
2: Okay, so a few stuff of. Random, let's just turn it into the Parker Washington podcast here. So, the pride of Travis High School in Sugarland, Texas, Parker Washington went to school at Penn State. He led all freshmen, or he ranked first among Big Ten freshmen in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, he obviously his freshman year, sixth round pick by the Jaguars, placed on injured reserve this year in October. Activated on November 18th, and then obviously we saw what he did against the Bengals. Now, here's the interesting stuff. He's got a sister named Ashton, who is the first female scout for the Chicago Bears. Was hired huh. as the first female scout two years ago. Um, his cousin, Tyler Tolbert, plays pro ball in the Kansas City Royals organization. And get this, Michael. You may already know this. I know. His, <laughs> his, okay. Parker <laughs> Washington's cousin was drafted in the fourth round of the 2017 NFL Draft, and he is currently the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Josh Dobbs. I
4: had no idea. I had no idea. Parker Washington's cousin
2: is Joshua Dobbs. I had no idea. This is going to be the greatest uh, family reunion for the Dobbs-Washington clan at Christmas this year. (laughs) The fact that Dobbs is crushing – well, I didn't crush it the last week for, for the Vikings, but Parker Washington stepping up for the Jaguars as well. I'm with you, man. Like, we're getting to the lean times of the year. Um, this is the the type of guy that you blow a lot of, of your remaining fab on to make sure you get on your rosters. Uh, yeah, and for what it's
3: worth, with uh, and with Kirk, from what I gather, that's about an eight-week recovery. So I'm assuming he's shot for the regular season. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah.
2: and, and now we got opposite news. I don't want to say opposite news, but we got much better news about Trevor Lawrence. In fact, right. that he said he's getting round-the-clock treatment for this ankle injury. Um, he said uh, the Jaguars have not yet ruled him out of Week 14. I don't think he plays this week, but man, this is a tough game uh, for for uh, Jacksonville. They take on the Browns potentially with CJ Beathard as their starting quarterback. What are you doing with your Jaguars? I mean, ETN's really tough to sit, but what about guys like Calvin Ridley? What about um, uh, Evan Engram? Like these guys going forward with Beathard? Who are you confident in and who are you not confident in at all in week 14 against Cleveland?
3: Yeah, well, and my guess is with Trevor that he won't play either, but I, I'm guessing he's also only going to miss one game. You know, remember, Mahomes didn't miss at all last year, but that mm-hmm. was the playoffs in the Super Bowl. This is a little bit different, but I'm, I'm he's a pretty tough guy, probably missed a game. Um, Brown's defense is drilling a little bit. Miles Garrett isn't the same. I don't even think he showed up on the stat sheet last week. Denzel Ward, his health is huge, especially as it relates to Ridley. If he's healthy, I don't want to touch Ridley. Uh, I mean, Ridley's pretty up and down anyway, but he's a press man cover, and Ridley has not done well a- against that kind of coverage. I'm not at all scared off of Ingram and uh, in, in, in not even Parker Washington, and it just kind of it just relates to the scheme that the Jags run, which is, again, Ridley, maybe the mainly the boundary clear-out guy, Ingram, a lot of the short stuff, schemed up stuff. I, I think Parker Washington is going to have a lot of that. It's the little shorter over the middle stuff that I think will be there for them. I'm very confident of Ingram and, you know, a decent degree of confidence in Washington. And as you said, if you've got ETN, you probably don't have better options to mention. Yeah. yeah, And you yeah. could also see, again, a lot of the, it could be dump off heavy and that sort of thing. So as surprising as it is, not a ton of change other than the fact that Ridley, if Ward is playing, is unplayable.
2: The game right now, that oh my goodness, this is like Iowa Hawkeyes football. The Browns are three-point favorites in that game, a total of 30 and a half. 30 and a half. You know, Michael, this wasn't on the show sheet, but scoring is is significantly down in the NFL this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if there is a way we could have prepped for that in our drafts, but is there anything anything you're going to be changing, as you know right now, in next year's drafts based on the level of quarterback play we've seen from top to bottom in the NFL and the, the, the significantly less uh, low scoring or significantly more low scoring games in the NFL for fantasy. Is there a way to exploit that at all?
3: Yeah, I'm not really sure. The only thing that I kind of had thought about was um, I'm going to put an increased uh, emphasis on drafting multiple quarterbacks because Mm -hmm. of all the quarterback injuries that we've had. Um, so I know that, you know, again, that's one of the things I was thinking with the other stuff, like maybe you'd want to say, well, okay, because the scoring is down and in offensive play is bad. Let me, let me target defensive matchups more. The problem with that is a lot of these, the scoring is down because of injuries and hell, you don't know that's going to happen when you're, you know, when you're in a draft, you can stream it on the wire, but you, you can't draft that way. So really just the biggest thing for me is walking up never walking out of a draft without, you know, multiple quarterbacks. And I'm, and I've definitely been guilty of that. Especially if I take a, a stud early, like, okay, I'm good. If, if I lose this guy, I'm done anyway. You know, that kind of mentality. I, I, I want to have a lot of quarterbacks from now
2: on. I, you know, I was, um, you know, playing in the KFFSC for all these years. A lot of times I would wait till eight, nine, 10 quarterbacks were off the board and I'd take one and then that'd be it. And, not, uh, in 2022, I got burned on that big time with Prescott going down early in the season and Stafford going down early in the season. I had a lot of those guys. And then you're, you're trying to pick guys up off the waiver and it's just, it's not there. I mean, you can't, you can't be a dominant team, um, with, with players like that. So this year I put an emphasis on it already. Like I'm taking, if I'm going to wait till 10 quarterbacks are off the board, I'm taking the 11th one, and I'm probably taking quarterback 13 or quarterback 14. Like, I don't want to wait around for somebody at the end. Um, Now, Stroud is a guy that I'm totally whiffed on this year, did (laughs) not have him in any leagues, not dynasty leagues or, or, or anything, and that's really frustrating, but that's more of like lightning in a bottle. You really can't count on stuff like that happening.
3: No, no, you can. And uh, I didn't draft him at all. I I ended up going on a massive buying spree after week one uh, in free agency. Ended up putting him on actually a lot of teams. Um, Mm -hmm. He actually blew me away from week one. So I thought, you know, this guy's legitimate. Typically with the rookie quarterback, I either need you to have exceptional weapons or be a great athlete. Uh, And I didn't. And that saved me from Bryce Young, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But Stroud, first of all, he's more athletic than I probably gave him credit for and also me so too. are his weapons. But he, he's he's legit. I did miss in Dynasty as well. But at least in redraft, I did load up on him. He's, he's been a he's been a key guy for me.
2: Yeah, Stroud's going to be really, really, really good for, for years to come. Um, let, let's talk about the New England running back situation. Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, do you? I mean, is this a guy that you'd be dropping at this point, Michael? It sounds like this is not a, a quick thing, a quick turnaround for him either.
3: I, I don't think I would drop. Um, I know it's the high ankle, and we only have a few weeks left. I'd probably hang on at least till I, you know, get some other news. But ooh, what an ugly situation! I mean, yeah. that's ugly. I'm loaded up on uh, Demario Douglas, by the way. He, he, I, I actually think he's my most known player in FFPC. I went massive on Demario. He's fine because, you know, he can catch the little short stuff whenever he comes from his concussion. He's, a, he's 10, 15 points in a bottle every week, uh, you know, m- maybe gets in the end zone, gets you more. He's been fine. There's nothing else I've wanted on this team. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd be scrambling for receivers, so I'd see, hey, Devontae Parker's playing every snap, running every route, and then he wouldn't do anything. Uh, Kendrick Bourne looked like somebody, then he got hurt. Um, it, it's so ugly. Mm-hmm. It's just ugly, and I don't really want to mess with it. So I'm not excited about Elliott. Um, you know, he had, like, I think, what, four catches this week. He could do the thing where he catches some dump-offs. He could get in the end zone. There, there's, a, there's a path where he could give you a 15-, 20-point game. I wouldn't be excited about it. It's just the, it's one of the worst, deadest offenses
2: I've ever seen in my life. And, and is there any – I mean, does it give you any more encouragement seeing what um, James Conner did to the Steelers last week. I mean, I think he was right. I think just over a hundred total yards. He got in the end zone twice. I don't view Elliot and Conner as dissimilar players, or at least all that dissimilar. Is there any, like say anything, any part of you, Michael, that says, God, if Conner can do this, you would think Elliot would be able to do this. It's not like the Cardinals are are a world beating uh, offense, although mm-hmm. they do have a significantly better quarterback than New England does.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Arizona offense is a little bit more alive, you know, than that New England one. Um, how much this had to do with it, I don't know. But, you know, you can't – I don't know if you want to the James Conner return into Pittsburgh game and, and all the motivation and all that stuff behind it. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I can't see him having a, necessarily a James Conner game. Uh, okay. In my opinion, also he's a little bit um, I, I, their age may be the same. Hell, Zeke may be younger than him for all I know. But wear and tear is something else, uh, you know. Z, you know, Zeke's looked better than I thought he would. I'll, I'll give him I'll give him credit for that. Um, I, 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 not quite up to Connor. but again, you know, like you asked, could I see Zeke popping in the end zone and getting four or five dump offs, and then all of a sudden you're up to a twenty point game? Yeah, sure,
2: okay.
4: sure,
3: sure. He he's a He'd be like what I would call a viable option this week. I wouldn't love it, but he, you know, he's in that running back two three range.
2: So, um, and, and and I could see like the thing is like. It's not like a desirable option, but it's a passable option. This would have been the perfect yeah. option with six teams on by last I, week. I would, You know,
3: just sitting there thinking that, because I had to put some 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 guys out last week. Like, Ooh, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do that at all. And I, I'm pretty heavy on Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really prepared for him to be out. And I had some bad options. A guy like Zeke would have been in a ton of lineups last week. ton of lineups.
2: For what it's worth, um, I, have to, I have to. I'm going to do some quick math in my head, and this always ends up bad. But I believe that um, James Connor is 11 weeks older than Ezekiel oh. Elliott, so okay. they're very, very similar uh, okay. age as far as that goes. Um, your 25th place overall team mm-hmm. in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Let's talk a little bit about this. This I believe was a slow draft team. It was. It was okay. So tell us a little bit what you remember. I know. It's, I know. Sometimes we talk about drafts in, in mm-hmm. December. It seems like this draft took place about four years ago. What do you remember about the construction of this team? How have you been able to to make it better and and suss things out and get this up into the top twenty five out of you know fourteen thousand plus teams?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, um, it's funny because yes, it was slow draft. It was really late, and, and that kind of, well, at least for most of the year, helped me with a little bit of a. I don't know if you want to call it dumb luck or just not knowing stuff is the NFL schedule had not come out yet mm-hmm. when we had this draft. So I had drafted uh, It's kind of reverse of how they went, but I took Hawkinson in round two and I'm picking out of the three hole. And I took Mark Andrews in round three, uh, you know, later on in draft Mark Andrews went ahead. Well, I had no, no idea. They would both end up with week 13 buys. So um, I don't know this. Um, and, uh, and if I knew I wouldn't have done it. Um, so, Throughout the course of the year, I'm thinking, ah, I'm glad I didn't know, because uh, th- these guys were, you know, um, you know. I know Andrew started a little bit slow, uh, but you know, and, and in fact, that the entire tight end position has really kind of transformed as the season has gone. Where early on there's it was dead, there's like nothing there. So having these two was it was a huge advantage to me. As the seasons progressed, we've had a ton of guys coming on, um, and in, in really strengthening up the tight end spot. But that was a big help to me kind of early on with, again, just kind of because I didn't know. Uh, Otherwise, I never would have done that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now that I've lost Andrews, and, and again, he was the second one I picked, I find myself thinking, damn it, wish (laughs) wish I would have known, you know, because maybe I would have avoided him. Um, But um, that that was a key part um, in terms of the team. Um, Keenan Allen – uh, again, this is an early draft, got him in, in the fourth, so you're talking four ten. That's That's tremendous value for where he ended up going. Uh, those guys were really key. Chase was my, my first um, round pick, bit of a slow start. and Really, the team had a lot of guys, kind of like what I said earlier, a lot of guys getting off to slow starts. Dak was my main quarterback. I had Kamara with the suspension, Rashad White getting off to a slow start, even Andrews. You know, missing uh, first week of, or, or being hurt, a little bit of a slow start. And then everybody, you know, started to come together. Um, I wasn't even really paying a lot of attention to where the team was in the overall standings. We just kind of focused on, you know, the, the league itself and getting there. Mm-hmm. I think a few weeks ago, the team popped for like 220 something. And I thought, huh, let me see where it is. And at, I think at that point, it had moved up to something in the 30s or 20s. I thought, pretty good. Didn't know it had moved up like that. Um, I got up to ninth overall, heading into the week where Andrews would end up going down. Um, Also lost, you know, with Burrow going down, I was concerned what that would do to Chase. He's making a case to be one of the more quarterback-proof, you know, receivers going, so maybe I overreacted to him. Um, But in terms of like the rest of the team, it wasn't a lot of like, like, hey, I just went out and Crescent on the wire. Tank Dell was a huge pickup. Okay, that's huge. And, again, I, I've lost him as well. Um, Demario Douglas, who I mentioned, got some good depth. Um, main thing that helped the team is I, I didn't have what I felt was like a, a real bust until the ninth round, which was Jahan Dotson. Oh, yeah. Um, and also putting him in the lineup the first few weeks until I learned, okay, let's stop doing this. Um, so that that's kind of like helped help the team turn around. It um, Got Tank and then, again, just got a lot of – the internal improvement with that Kamara, Rashad White, and, and everything uh, kind of taken off, and I've fallen back to 25th place. I've lost Andrews, I've lost Tank. We'll see about getting some replacements. I'm gonna—I I got enough money to, to to get anybody I want in the league. I'm gonna go buy Parker Washington. I got Isaiah Likely. I'm doing the best I can. There's some talent there. We'll, we'll see
2: what it can do. Getting back to the Andrews discussion for this specific team, and not knowing what the schedule was when you're drafting mm-hmm. it. Does this make you more likely to not be concerned with bye weeks in regards to players that you're only going to draft two of, like tight ends or quarterbacks or anything like that in future drafts? Or did does this not have that big of an impact for you? I
3: I would not want to draft two of the same uh, in in terms of like having the same bye week. I would not have done that if I had known. Okay, um, that's why I meant like. When it was going good, when Andrews was healthy, I'm like, glad I didn't know. You know, uh, right. but, you know, uh, um, I, it wouldn't be anything I wanted to do. Matter of fact, and it's kind of almost funny to me how it backfired. So when I realized this, what I, and, and when I walked out of the original draft, I had drafted Hawkinson, Andrews, and likely, and kind of thinking, okay, I'm protected. I don't need a tight end. As soon as I saw week 13, I thought, ah, damn, that's the first week of the playoffs. I'm going to okay. need to do something. So I think it was the waivers and Week one, I pick up Logan Thomas. Like, I'm already thinking of week 13 and week one, right? So, I pick up Logan Thomas, held this dude all year long for week 13, and he gives me two points.
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) So, you know, I mean, that's how it goes sometimes, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, (laughs) what? So, did you end up keeping the four tight ends on your roster then? No, I
3: cut likely. Cut uh, likely. Okay. And then I went and, uh, I, 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 I did. I, I I bid on him. I got him back. So, But I, right. I paid handsomely
2: for him, yes. Yes, I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, your your week 14 waiver wear targets, we've touched on a couple of guys already, mm-hmm. especially Parker Washington. You said you're going to go out and get him. Is there anybody else that you want to go out and get uh, this, this week um, heading into, uh, you know, the final four weeks yeah. of the season? Yeah, huh?
3: sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I've said this on the show before, and I've been on this time of year. I love FFPC uh, playoff waivers when it's just the four teams. And if you're fortunate enough to position yourself where you you don't even have to worry about the bid, you just know you can come in and take whatever just two or three players yeah. you want. It, it's fantastic. I love it uh, when you can put yourself. I'm not in that position. Sometimes I'm at the mercy of others. But when, when you can control that, it's great. Um, yeah, I, um, Brevin Jordan's an interesting one for me. And you were talking earlier about people who may benefit. Uh, I'm You know, we won't get any updates until tomorrow. But I can't recall a guy who had a hamstring and missed the game and was only a one-week injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so um Brevin Jordan, he he he's an, kind of an interesting guy to me. A few quarterbacks kind of cropped up, you know. Jake Browning's still out there. Uh I've always been a big Jameis Winston guy. Um, you know, an interception to us is negative one. It's not right. a big deal, man. It's not a big deal. You know, he may he makes things happen. And, and I'm not, I, I wasn't big on Olave. If I had Alave, I'd be so pulling for Winston to get the job. I think he can unlock him in an amazing way, uh, which almost kind of scares me because I don't have Alave. But uh, th- those are some of like the, the main guys I- I- I'm kind of looking at. And, oh, sorry, I forgot one. He's just a handcuff. I'm not expecting him to start, but I sure would like to be sitting on Chase Brown.
2: Yes, for you know? sure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine carries for 61 yards uh, last night. Yeah, he looked great. And I went on a
3: dynasty buying free on him a few weeks ago because I heard they were going to do the increase the roll bit. So mm-hmm. I went and got him everywhere I could. He's not going to do anything as long as mixing is healthy, but hey, stuff happens.
2: So what about Browning here? Let, let's get back to him for a second. I, I know he's, you know, not exactly the guy you want to see. Um, and uh, before we get to that, just touch on the Winston thing. So I'm a Florida State fan, so I've always liked Winston. But I was, t- I was telling our mutual friend Dave Gerzak the other day about this. I'm like, God, I, I kind of almost hope Derek Carr, it, you know, it takes a little bit to heal up and make sure he's ready to go because God, I love the idea of Winston pumping the ball downfield that Juwan Johnson and Chris Olave, like you just don't really see that with, that's no. part of the reason Alvin Kamara has been so valuable this year. Cause Derek Carr has been dumping it off to him a ton.
3: Right. Right. And I, I'm big on Kamara. So that actually concerns me a little bit, right. but, uh, Yeah, I I mean, I've always liked Jameis. I've been been telling people I think this guy has the worst agent alive. I don't know how he's stuck in this low pay backup role. Um, Like, even if he'd just been sitting on the street, wouldn't someone with all these quarterback issues have come calling, paid him more, giving him a job? Like, I hate it for him that he's stuck in this situation. So I've always been pulling for the guy. I can't remember, there was a game a few weeks ago where he had to come in for Carr, and he made one of the most incredible passes you you know the game I'm talking about? I, I think it was the it was from one sideline to the other for a touchdown. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, an incredible throw. And I, as much as I don't like it for Kamara, I, I thought the team has been too stubborn to not turn to him. Mm-hmm. To be honest.
2: Um, uh, Browning. Let's talk about him for a second. Okay. He's got all the weapons, man. Like I feel like when I'm placing my bids this week in Kentucky and everything, you know, all my dynasty or whatever, and I'm trying to have a good backup quarterback. Browning's not the worst guy in the world to have. And he demonstrated last night. I couldn't believe the numbers at the end of the game. Peyton Manning on the Manning cast was ripping on the Bengals for calling that failed fake play when he's like, Browning hasn't thrown an incomplete pass all night. Why are they running this? Yeah, Browning yeah. looked great, Michael. He
3: looked great. He did look great. I mean, it, it 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 reminds me a lot of uh I know he's been in the league a, a lot longer to have the play, but it reminds me a lot of Purdy, you know, from last yeah. year, where he yeah. comes in and it, you know, it just never seems too big for him. Um, and he's got he, the weapons. He's got yeah, the weapons. The weapons are there and it just he doesn't seem erratic and he doesn't seem rushed. None of it seems too big for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a, he's he's one of the guys to go get.
2: I have to look this up because it blew me away. I, I want to make sure I heard this right. Number one, but he as a senior in high school, he, I think he still holds the the national. He he holds the California high school passing record. Or something
3: crazy like that.
2: Five thousand seven hundred nine yards. That's a California record, and then a national record: ninety-one passing huh. touchdowns his senior year. Ninety-one. That's insane. How many games is that
3: by the way? Do you see that in front of you? I'm uh, no,
2: I don't. I don't see it. I don't <laughs> see it. I don't see how many games. Um, Gatorade Football Player of the Year as a junior and as a senior. I do know that in his career in high school. It was forty six games, so hmm. if if he's playing, you know, twelve games, what about eleven or twelve games a year, which yeah. is pretty crazy. He threw for 16, uh, 16, uh, Excuse me, sixteen thousand seven hundred seventy five yards, and he threw for two through, not just you know ran in, you know, combined. He threw for two hundred and twenty nine touchdowns in his high school career. That is
3: Crazy!
2: Wow! So <laughs> he can is do crazy. it. He that can is do it.
3: He
2: was the king, he must
3: have been the king in high school. Yeah. I, I I I can't,
2: and then he ends yeah. up going to um he had a 4.0 GPA too in high school and only a four-star recruit, third best pro-style quarterback in his class, and then he went to Washington of all places to, to go, which was which is an interesting choice, and it worked out for him. I mean, he's in the NFL, so uh, Jake Browning, what a story. So yeah. th- this is this episode will forever be known as your go-to for Parker Washington and Jake Browning <laughs> trivia. We got it all tonight on the hey, show. It's late in the year. It's, it's late in the year. It's late in the year. That's <laughs> right. Um, let's go to uh, Al Paul, uh, who's in the YouTube chat right now. He has a question. He wants us to touch on how big of an advantage it is for the points per game average for teams going into the championship rounds. This is his first uh, year in the FFPC. Any Doubles and that doubles down, but he adds that a realistic points per game to come back from those top 10 teams. So as we know in the main event, FFPC main event, the fantasy pros championship round, it's a three week sprint. It's your total number of points. You average throughout the season, plus whatever you put up in those three weeks. Now um, we have seen some teams go on some incredible runs. Um, We've also seen some teams. I think about last year with the go bills franchise, those guys, um, hit on one big time. I think they're about 40th or 50th overall. And they just made one simple lineup switch. I can't remember if it was the first week or the second week of the championship round. And they started, God, I, I can't remember the It might've been McKinnon. McKinnon. They had McKinnon. McKinnon. No. Yeah. yeah. And they benched, I don't know who it was. Oh, it was Bam Knight. It was Bam Knight from the jets. They benched him and they put McKinnon in um, and it, and it worked out. They had a massive week and they took, took over first place. So isn't it advantage to have a, a lead? Yes, it is an advantage. Um, i have rarely seen somebody go wire to wire in fact there are almost always numerous teams that come out of nowhere that to topple teams that are you know among the leaders coming into the into the um, uh, championship round so i would not be down if if i were him and i'm i'm down there in the doldrums and the in the championship round, but I don't think I'm within striking distance. Man, you go on a run, Michael, this, this could be. A, yeah, a, I a mean, yeah. Actually,
3: whoever, whoever asked that question, actually asked the question I've actually been a little curious about myself. Um, mm-hmm. I actually wondered if you guys had that on who's ever been in like, who's ever started in like the lowest place that, yeah uh, that ended up. uh Cause I've always kind of thought about that, but like you mentioned, uh we talked about my team that's going to come in 25th. That was way better in terms of overall standings than any of my other teams. I'm going to have you know, uh, at least 11 teams in this thing, and uh, the other ones are all like in the 700 pluses. I feel Mm -hmm. great about them, you know. Like I don't, I don't. uh, Sure, it's a little bit of a gap, but I, you know, I, 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 you know, maybe I'm naive, and nobody's actually made up coming in from the 700s and made it. But I feel like, hey, I I feel like, you know, it's not that much when you really do the average. You you just got to, you got to hit it right.
2: And, and I think that's the that's the takeaway here is like, yeah, it's an advantage, but it's one quarter of your score. You know, you, you can be averaging one hundred and seventy points a game. But if you put up if you put up like a ninety eight in one of those weeks, you don't have a shot. Right. But yeah. if, if a team comes in averaging, let's say 140, 145 points a game and they go 190, 200, 195, they might win the whole thing based right. on that sprint. Right. So like you can there's a lot of big leads. Uh, a lot of teams that have been toppled by teams coming down from the standings or from below in the standings. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think we have that data. But I'm sure uh, Darren Armani, <laughs> Fantasy Mojo, yeah. that guy has, yeah. he has he has everything. So I yeah. and and two, like he often puts out stuff unprompted. And I know he'll probably see this and be like, oh, I got to crunch these numbers and get this out prior to the championship round. So I bet we see something from him on that. But I yeah, the, the answer I, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. low uh, somebody has come, but I know it's it's been. Been pretty shocking from what I've seen over the course of the last decade. Plus plus. Um, one final question here for you, Michael Cobb, can you give us a sleeper and by sleeper, I mean a player that a lot of FFPC players probably will not be playing this weekend that you think deserves a second look uh, to try to get into one of those flex spots. And then a guy that a lot of people are going to start that you are not very high on specifically for week 14.
3: Hmm. You know, I mentioned this guy a little bit earlier. Um, which would be I would be Brevin Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you look at that Jets matchup, the corners um, that can make life tough for the receivers. So it could be a natural funnel for him. I'm assuming again that uh, Schultz is going to be out. Um, it's funny because I, I actually started Brevin Jordan in, in a league last week, and and I thought to myself, this is the worst guy I'm throwing out <laughs> in, all, in all my leagues. Um, but I, the confidence level, he looked, he, he made some plays. You, they now lost Tank. Things have improved, so um, uh, he also is a free agent still in a lot of leagues. So he would be a free agent. I would recommend, and I think he could be a viable starting guy that will actually be in some of my lineups over a guy like, uh, say, Juwan Johnson, who disappointed me greatly. Uh, you know, last week. I don't know. Maybe Jameis Winston will be different for him, but it's tough to, you know, after the goose egg.
2: You know, the other thing that's annoying too, and and getting back to Jameis Winston's agent. Like, why would he keep him in there, not only to be a backup, but you always get Taysom Hill gumming up the works there, too. Mm. You know, that's that's the other thing that works yeah. against Winston, um, right, which, is, right. which is frustrating. Um, yeah, you know, Jordan is um, an interesting guy. Three catches, 64 yards last week. A guy that I know when he came into the league, I think there's a lot of Dynasty guys excited about yeah, him in the FFPC. Yeah. So, I mean, the tools are there. We'll, we'll see if it, uh, if it ends up working out. And I'm sorry, who, who did you say that you're a little bit bearish on this week? I didn't. Um, I got to say one guy that's um, I don't
3: know exactly how high people are on him, but I'm, I'm starting to worry about him has been DeAndre Swift.
0: Um, Ooh, yeah.
3: You know, he just isn't. They're not using him in the passing game. Um, and, you know, Hurts obviously is, you know, basically a, a goal line ball hog. So it, it, it's been it's been a little rough going for him lately. Six and I would add, uh, this guy scares me. You know, I have him on a lot of teams. He scares me every single week. He's the biggest boom bust guy in all of fantasy. And this matchup scares me a little bit is Lamar Jackson. Uh, and, and for what it's worth, I'm going to start Lamar everywhere I have him. He scares the, he scares me though. Scares the hell out of me. Yeah, he, he seems perfectly content to let other people, you know. Get the TDs, do the stuff, and get the win. And I just don't know against the Rams how much he's going to feel like he's going to. You know, they're going to need to rely on him. So he, he he worries me, but I can't bench
2: him. Um, six carries for 13 yards for DeAndre Swift last week. He also had a pair of catches. Let me um let me bring this up. Of Lamar Jackson. I am facing this decision in one of my leagues. In fact, you may be in this league with me. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, but my I have two quarterbacks in this league: mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. Which one do I start this week? Jackson at home against the Rams. Purdy at home against the Seahawks.
3: You know that's the floor ceiling thing, um, right? You know what I mean. So yep. uh, you know that's the floor ceiling. I I, I I may have to check. I may have those same two I, 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 in another team. I'm gonna go with Lamar, and I'm not sh- sure it's uh, it's not with like supreme confidence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. It's just and not. I pro- you know. So I probably will do that this week. Um. Uh, in and bench. Purdy, but man, it, it feels dirty the way he's playing right now. And and to, to put Jackson in there, um, it it never feels dirty talking fantasy football with you, Michael Cobb. This was so much fun. Um, good luck uh, to your not only your 25th place team in the Fantasy Pros Championship, but in all your leagues in the FFPC and, and everywhere else. I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend, and hopefully, we're doing this show again in well, roughly a month or so. Uh, with you holding the million-dollar check. Be That'd be sweet, pretty man. sweet. That'd be sweet,
0: man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> thank you so much, dude. Be good. We'll, we'll talk to you again you soon. See you, man. Thank you. Michael Cobb, ladies and gentlemen, hanging out here on the road of his high-stakes lowdown this week. That will complete tonight's broadcast. I want to thank Michael Cobb for hopping aboard tonight the 25th place overall team in the fantasy pros championship uh don't forget this is the first of three live shows we'll be doing this uh on this feed this week we'll do the road of his high stakes lowdown again next tuesday at 10 o'clock uh eastern time and then we will go live this thursday at seven o'clock on the high stakes fantasy football show On the Better Sports Network, you can check that out at uh, betternetwork.com. Any of the Better Sports Network socials as well as the FFPC socials, including this FFPC YouTube channel here. Um, My guest co-host for the full two hours will be Dave Kluge from Football Guys. He will be our lead-in for two hours um, leading into uh, Thursday Night Football Steelers and Patriots this week. That's going to be a lot of fun. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is live at 10 o'clock. Friday, uh, this Friday night with the KFFSC Commissioner Farrell Elliott and myself with the fifth place team in the Fantasy Pros Championship, Eric Wright. No, not Easy EZE from NWA. I will make that joke now because I'm sure he doesn't want to hear that on Friday. But Eric Wright will hang out with Farrell and I at 10 o'clock Friday night right here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 or 12 players. By kickoff on Sunday and watch them ride through the weekend's games. Uh, remember, only one player per NFL team, no stacking. You can play for as little as $35 um, all the way up to $200 for an entry, and you can win up to $2,500. That's myffpc.com myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, please. Subscribe to the channel, please. Comment on the the video, which we appreciate. Share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and get notified every time we go live here on this channel, which will be the next time, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Be here. Thank you so much for listening, streaming, watching, downloading. We appreciate you. Have a great rest of your week. Good luck placing. Those fab bids on Wednesday night for the FFPC.
1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the roto radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at roto radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to roto at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.